Hey guys, Michael here, dumb fucker extraordinaire. So it seems during the recording of this podcast, I was an idiot and didn't plug in my mic. So the audio you hear from me this entire hour will be recorded from my computer, which hopefully doesn't ruin your pleasure listening to this podcast. Anyways, back to the regular programming. I hardly think that would be necessary. Madame Lestrange. I don't like to be kept waiting. So first off, Andrea, I want to ask you, how do you feel reading over a million words on this whole Harry Potter series? I feel pretty fucking tired. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's gonna be a while till we do a series again. <laughs> but Unless, it, was, um, it was fun. Um, if our listeners really love us, and um, when we get to the point where we can do this as a career, if that happens, we, we will do all of Lord of the Rings for you, but that will be a very long time from now. Lord of the Rings will even do The Hobbit. We'll even, we'll even suffer and do The Hobbit. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, um, but welcome. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here for. Um, so yeah, it was uh, interesting. No, I was saying welcome. Series, we again. have to do our intro. Welcome to Novel uh, Ideas well, I was of the Illuminati. This time, I was, gonna <laughs> see, I was gonna try it without a welcome this time. See how it goes. Like we just jump straight into it. They don't need to be welcome. They know what they're here for. We're ha- we're happy they're here. You know our um, names. I just want to, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I hate introductions and shows. Like, just get, let's just jump into the content, you know? Oh, okay. Could have warned your co-host that that's what we were doing. <laughs> well, we're making it up on the spot. That's it's true. It's more fun that way. Welcome to Winging It uh, Weekly. Winging It Weekly with Michael and Andrea. There we go. Now we have the intro. Perfect. Change the whole, change our whole podcast. Let's change the name. Screw it. We're, we're starting from scratch. Winging it, wing, weekend, uh, winging it weekly. We're doing it live. Oh, good. Shout out to Bill O'Reilly. Someone please contact his agents and get him on the show. It'd be great. We would love to actually read um, Bill O'Reilly's uh, detective novel that he wrote back in the 90s. So we if would. someone could please bring him on. Yeah, we would do it. If we got Bill O'Reilly to come on. Fuck yeah. Why not? We can ask him questions about this, uh, this, uh, horrible book. But really what we're saying, listeners, is that we'll do anything for some clout and recognition. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but, uh, anyways, we should probably actually, you know, get to the content, like I said, even though I've kind of made our, this intro now longer than, uh, any past one, probably. What are your first thoughts about, uh, Harry Potter 7, Andrea? You know, the book? book was pretty good. It was a good read. And mm-hmm. as far as the movies, I stand by my original opinion, which is that part one was quite well done, and the second one I have a lot of I have a lot of issues with. It was still an enjoyable watch, but they 
made some decisions I didn't understand. Do you want to get into those? Do we want to just jump into that? Let's do it. Well, for one, as I've said, for some reason the movies have continued this strange thing of the wands linking and, you know, that same special effect they used the first time the twin cores are revealed to Mm -hmm. us. But it culminated into a very awkward last battle where even though Harry died and the Horcrux died, when he's battling Voldemort, they're for some reason flying around Hogwarts and their faces are melding together and none of it makes any sense and looks just strange because they're not connected anymore. So that decision was really odd to me. I had never thought about that, the the faces mending together, but now that you bring it up, I, I agree. Another weird choice that I thought that was that was strange um, in the beginning, where it's like Hermione, Hermione uh, obliviating her parents. It's just like it's kind of a weird choice. There's a couple of weird choices with Hermione in the very beginning, and I, that's one that popped out to me. So in the movie, when she's like she, you know, she's erasing from the the photos, like it's Back to the Future. When that's happening in the movie, it's really weird because there's one photo where it's just her in it, and then behind her is just a messy bed. So now her parents, just for some reason on their shelves, have a picture of a messy bed framed, <laughs> just hanging out with the rest of their photos. It's uh, It must be really weird when friends and neighbors come by, and they're like, what's the importance of that? And they're like, you know, it just has, it's been around on our shelf for years, and we just really like the way this bed looked. Bed aesthetics, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know in my bedroom I have at least six or seven pictures of other beds (laughs) just just hanging on my walls. Oh, um, sorry, my audio cut out. You can try, you can do it again if you want to. Um, oh right, so in the book Hermione does memory charm her parents. It's not an obliviate curse, but I don't know what curse it is. That makes them forget they have a daughter and have an urge to move to Australia. Boom. God, it feels weird saying it twice. Well, sometimes, sometimes it's nice to say it twice. <laughs> True. Another super awkward moment um, that didn't make any sense is uh-huh. when Malfoy walks over to Voldemort after Harry's like, haha, I'm alive. Or right before Harry's like, haha, I'm alive. Voldemort gives him the most awkward hug that's ever been hugged. And it makes no sense because Voldemort also wouldn't hug people. And maybe they thought it was like a comic relief. No, you're, you're talking about when he's hugging Draco. Yeah. So, uh, he, I actually know the story behind it, because um, I watched some behind-the-scenes shit with Tom Holland, and uh, apparently it was improvised. Um, so, he decided to just do it. It was actually more of a power thing, like a dominance thing, like that. It was like his choice. Um, I just blanked out on the actor that plays him. Oh my well, goodness. Fines. He's fantastic. Yes, thank you. And, uh, yeah, he did, it was supposed to be, like, Voldemort has, like, this power over Malfoy. Which I can understand sort of in concept, thing. but a power move isn't a, an awkward hug, though. A power move is, like, how Donald Trump's obsessed with shaking people's hands really hard for a long period of time. No, but, well, I mean, there's that, but there's also the cult power move, which is more of, like, what Voldemort would be. He's more of a cult, like, a cult leader which is manipulating, saying that we're your family, even though Voldemort doesn't give a single fuck about any of them. Yeah, but Voldemort, he's more obsessed with 
spreading fear and using that as a tactic. I don't think he's ever said anything like we're your family. It's more of just, hey, you're with me or else. I feel like I feel like he would do that to the younger ones. Yeah. Like he's like we mostly see him with adults, but Mount and Draco is the first one that we see with Voldemort who's young. And I think he knows to manipulate the youth, you create a sense of family because I mean, obviously, Malfoy's family kind of sucks. That's the conversation we never saw, where Voldemort tells Draco he's not like other boys, and he alone can be trusted with this task. That's true. <laughs> um, so there is that. I also forgot that it's only, and this is this is something that that reminded me, and even in the past movies that they did it. I think you you might have mentioned it before, but I'm just going to bring it up again because the, the book pointed out Voldemort's the only one that knows how to fly without a broom. So why is it that so many other Death Eaters are doing the smoky thing? Yeah. As well. No clue. Uh, I mean, I guess it looks cool visually. I mean, so is flying. It looks cool, but I guess they figured people would get bored of just looking at people on brooms. I don't know. But But we wouldn't have, is the thing. Brooms are still pretty cool. And, I don't know, Mm -hmm. someone apparating suddenly is much more terrifying than you see them coming as this random plume of smoke. So I don't know why they did all right. that. Um, but speaking of that... I, I have a theory, prob- probably because Lost was a big thing at the time. <laughs> and, you know, the, the smoke monster in the movie Lost. They were like, we're going to use that and steal that. I guess. But, no, that scene was actually really well done. There were It was more detailed in the books, but when they're, you know, moving Harry to the burrow... Well, first of all, they really fudged that up in the movie because... Again, they're doing that same thing we talked about of they're flying low past buildings and people to make it cinematic, but the whole point was they were supposed to stay hidden and high up. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, But it was really well done with um, Voldemort showing up and then when he gets really mad that Harry got away and he downed those power lines. That was pretty uh, goosebump inducing. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, random question. Both in the book and in the movie, do you feel like they do a good job mourning Mo- Mad- Mad-Eye Moody's death? I mean, they don't really get a chance. I mean, kind of, they do. There's like a couple, at least in the book, it's more like there's a couple days until the wedding. Like, the wedding's not right away. Right. It's just sort of, they don't really ever mourn over his death. Like they, it's a, it's like almost they expected him to die at some point, which I mean might be the truth, but it just seems like Mad Eyes kind of like pushed to the side a little bit, which is lame. Yeah, it's a good point. And it, I forgot a lot of details in the novels, um, and one of the really fascinating ones is a well, Tonks's whole family goes through a lot of shit because. Mm-hmm. You know, in the book, obviously, they go to Tonks's parents' house first. The, you know, Harry and Hagrid part of the group. They get right. there and then take the port key to the borough. But then you find out that her parents were both tortured because the Death Eaters knew he went there. And then Tonks's father dies later on. And then Tonks and Lupin die. It's like some people get really yeah. a shit deal. Um, yeah. Tonks' mom it must be like devastated yeah 
Now I want like a, a, a novella just from her point of view. How Harry Potter ruined my whole family. <laughs> <laughs> she becomes the new Dark Lord. Yep. And another thing I had forgotten was how Umbridge was using Mad-Eye's eye on her door. Like, what a fucked up little detail that was. And I guess Harry does have, you know, because Harry steals the eye and he goes and kind of buries it in a tree. So, I mean, there was that period of moment of mourning for Mad-Eye, but yeah, there was no kind of group thing. Yeah, like all the adults, they spent years with this guy, and like, the Order of the Phoenix has been around for who knows how many years, like what, 20 plus years probably, however long Voldemort was in reign for, and it's just kind of weird that they uh, just kind of brush him aside. Um, also really weird, when Scrimgeour, however you pronounce the new Minister of Magic's name, yeah. When he comes and he's given them the gifts the from the will to each of them, and then Harry has the snitch. Why is it, so this, it was Hermione that remembered that snitches had like flesh memories. Wouldn't Ron know that as a super avid Quidditch player? It should be him that made that comment that there's flesh memories. I mean, Ron likes the sport, but he also plays the sport, and anything from, like, any sport that I played growing up, I did research on, like, materials and things like that. I feel like Ron would know that it has flesh memories. Also, I feel like that'd be something, like, people would bring up all the fucking time, because it's just really weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, that's, a ran that's like a random trivia fact in, in their world. Oh, also, uh, both in the book and the movie, I loved how terrified the Malfoys were in the beginning at their own mansion yeah. with Voldemort there. It really gave them some new depth, especially with Lucius and, Bo and Draco. Yeah, the Malfoys really acted everything really well. I said really twice. That's how much I mean it. Really, really good. They do really, really good. <laughs> Gold star. <laughs> oh, okay. I think you were going to say something, yeah. Yeah, I want to continue the Luna appreciation train, because holy shit, Luna. Coming in again, mm -hmm. from like the little things to arranging, it was a vial of sea lavender for Dobby, for his grave. Just little yeah. things like that. These careful little touches that show who Luna is. And I actually really like that scene in the movie where Luna just yells at Harry. She's like, stop right now and listen to me for once, Harry Potter. <laughs> that was that was great. Because she, she is always right and we should always listen to Luna. Oh, yeah, that's the reason why I still uh, think Harry and Luna should have gotten together. Because I think she would have been a good foil to Harry and how much Harry get, goes through. She's... It's just a nice little touch. Yeah, and it was, um, that was really beautiful in the book, too. You know, Voldemort's dead. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of commotion. And Luna just comes up to Harry and is like, hey, I'd probably want to be alone if I were you. And he's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, well, here, I'll distract everyone. You can put on your invisibility cloak and just get out of here. It's like that kind of yeah. awareness of other people's feelings is fantastic. Well, she... 
It's because she feels so much. I mean, in the book, when they go into Luna's room, there's a mural of them all. That was so like, the cute. Words, yeah. Friends written over and over. And yeah, it's like Luna is literally the most wholesome, wholesome and wonderful person in this in this entire realm. This this story. She's great. I never want anything bad to happen to Luna. Still think she should have done it up with Harry. I will write some fan fiction on that <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, because you were the, you you, I was trying to figure out which uh, audios to put in last week for the for the book ends, and you suggested something, so I typed it in. And the first thing that pops up was this really weird erotica with uh, with Slughorn and Hermione. And oh no. Not gonna lie, I read the first two chapters and I felt disgusted with myself. <laughs> so, thank you, Andrea. I, okay, I was suggesting the beautiful, you know, moments of the pincers going and all of that. That's what I was there for. I didn't know what kind of smut people were peddling online. I take no responsibility. I mean, I'm going to blame you anyways, whether you take responsibility or not. It's just the way it goes. But I did write that smut. <laughs> you did? <laughs> what if I did, though? That would be crazy. You, even planning this for years, I'm going to make Michael read this weird-ass Slughorn Hermione. It's basic. It was, it was horrible. I hated it. Um, no, then it wasn't me. I did not, not, not enjoy my smut. one. I hope not. Um, I don't, I, I'm gonna just bring this up. This is a small little thing, but it's uh, it's weird, and it's in the book when Scrimbier, whatever the fuck his name is, I'll never be able to know how to pronounce it. Um, but uh, he's he's talking to Harry, and he's trying to like get Harry on their on the ministry side, and he's like, I don't like your methods, showing the scar on his hand. And, like, it, like her, J.K. Rowling writes it in a way that, like, you know, this is so cool for Harry to do. But then I'm like, Scrimbier literally just became minister. He wasn't around when that happened. It wasn't his methods. He wasn't the minister or Umbridge and whatnot. Uh, so, way to look cool, Harry. Yeah, I mean... I do understand that it's an issue she still has a job and who would still let her have a job but yeah he he does have some very corny lines I think that whole final discourse with Voldemort when they're dueling kind of fell a little flat for me because he's mm -hmm. just kind of doing I'm this righteous taunting almost that she probably thought sounded really hopeful that's the, uh, and we can get into this, the religion of Harry Potter, and it's, it's sort of attachment to, like, you know, it, it's, it has a little bit of Christian fiction through this entire novel, and the way things are done, and I, I always, you usually see that in Christian fiction, like, things like, uh, C.S. Lewis, there's a little bit in Tolkien's work, Tolkien didn't do as much, but, um, and you also see that in, uh, Oh, my God, her name. The lady who did the Wrinkle in Time series. Um, I don't know anyone's so, name. Don't um, come to me like for Margaret L. Engel or something like that. Um, 
but sort of there's a lot of Christian allegory and Harry Potter. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. I mean, Harry's basically Jesus, dying, coming back. You have the seven horcruxes, which is the Lord's number in the Bible. Um, you have Gandalf playing a god character. There's a lot of other stuff. And, I don't know, I feel like... I never liked the horcruxes. I don't know. I guess... It made sense in a certain way. I honestly thought she was going to come up with something way more mind-blowing than Harry's a horcrux, he dies and comes back. Because I know when I went with my friends, so I don't think I've told this story before, but when the final book came out, our local borders, R.I.P., had a sort of... We met every week to discuss theories of what we thought would happen in book seven. And actually, it was a lot of adults, and they called the whole fucking thing. They really did. I mean, even so far as the boat. Yeah. Like, that creature was the one in the boat with Regulus, and all that came out. Mm -hmm. They called everything, which was kind of weird getting to the book, and I was like, I guess I knew the big plot points, but... We would meet up once a week, and then when the book came out, they had, like, a midnight release party, and me and my friend Leanne, we got to be, like, number 9 and 11 in line, and I remember we got our books, we went outside, we were allowed two per person, that was the max, and we go outside and see a massive crowd of people in the parking lot, and that's when I realized how big these books were, and this guy just approaches Leanne, and He's reaching for her book, and I'm thinking, like, I literally was like, I guess I have to hit him with one of my books if he tries to take it from her. But instead, he just touches it and turns to the crowd and goes, I touched the last book! And everyone starts screaming. Um, and it was actually really fun. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, And this was in a little Snellville, Georgia. Like, this wasn't a big city. It was in the suburbs. But everyone was so excited. I mean, Harry Potter was fucking huge. It was. And I recently watched, um, it was a video talking about how big spoilers got because of this book. How many people were going onto forums and telling everyone, um, you know, that Snape killed Dumbledore. Like, it started with the last one. And that Harry was a horcrux. I know. God. I'm sorry, guys. Cancel us now. Also, why did I start telling you this story? What were we talking about? Because I swear it, like, it did well, circle I back went, around. I was talking, <laughs> I was talking about Christ, the Christian mythos within Harry Potter. Um, right. Okay. No, but people in this group kept predicting this would be the end, and I kept not liking that because it just didn't seem like a finale befitting Harry Potter to me. That he just has a Jesus moment and comes back and saves the day, but that that is what happened. So. Well. That is what happened, and it's kind of a letdown, because it's very obvious. What can he do? can't really change the story now. Um, you can try to write a play that apparently is horrible. Um, True. And also, can we all, can we all agree here that epilogues are, are bullshit? Um, and can we all agree that that scene in the movie was weird, and I don't know if it was the makeup 
And I'm not ragging on makeup people. They don't get enough recognition for the work they do. Any special effects people. But they looked weird. Their wrinkles looked weird. The receding hairlines looked weird. They were weird. dressed weird. They really were. And, like, they're wizards, but, like, it's something throughout the entire series. I get it when they're in London, and I guess with them, it makes sense with, like, people who grew up with muggle families that when they're not in classes and things like that, that the clothes that they wear would be, you know, clothes like that. But it's established in the books that wizards always dressed fucking bizarre and stand out. Exactly. Um, because they don't normally wear muggle clothes. But, I mean, I guess they kind of shot that to hell because starting in, like, what, the third movie, they're wearing regular clothes around Hogwarts all the time. Also, did they all get pregnant at the same fucking time? Bro. They're all like, hey, we want all our kids to grow up together. Let's get pregnant at the, at the same time. We were talking about this. Were you there when we were talking about this? I don't know. No. This got brought up with the Discord pals. And we were talking about how... I made the comment of like, yeah, how weird is that? Where you're like, hey, hey, I want you to bone our best friend at the same time as I'm boning your sister. That would be and great. And then Draco was just sort of, Draco was just overheard it, and then he, he made sure to get his wife pregnant. Yeah. He wanted to be part of the crew. And speaking of Draco, what a great moment it was when... Okay, so they get out of the room of requirement that Crab has turned into an inferno, and honestly, my antique-loving ass was really mad at how many cool trinkets got destroyed in the room of requirement... Because crab mm-hmm. sucks, I'm so I'm glad he's dead. Um, but yeah, it was really funny after that when Harry and Ron and Hermione they're in the they're under the invisibility cloak, which by the way got used a lot more in the book and made more sense that they're using that to get around. Yep. The movie kind of just forgets the invisibility cloak is a thing, or they don't want to deal with it sometimes. But so they're under the cloak and they're walking around and. Malfoy's trying to convince the Death Eaters that he's on their side because they were, I don't know, trying to attack them. And then Harry, like, deflects something off of Malfoy. And then Ron, as they're passing by, punches him and says, that's twice we've saved your life, you bastard, or something like that. (laughs) And I love that so much of, like, save his life, but then punch him because he's a shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you gotta get out your aggressiveness somehow. Because... I mean, Draco doesn't deserve to die. He just grew up in a shitty family. Um, but now he grew out of it, and now he wants to be a part of the crew, so he fucks his wife the same time Harry Potter fucks his wife. Oh my god, just friendship so can, can be a get little weird. bit closer to Harry. <laughs> it is when you're in the wizarding world of magic. Um, uh, can we also agree that Nick Cave was a fantastic choice to put in the first part? Nick Cave, uh, his music was was in the was dancing in, uh, scene. Harry Potter. You read my mind. Mm-hmm. I agree. And also, yeah. I was just yeah. thinking about that scene because, um, hey, there was more chemistry in that dancing scene than has ever been had in these movies between Hermione and Ron or Harry and Ginny. It yeah. was a cute as fuck yeah. scene. And I did want them to kiss. Exactly. I want them to kiss every time I see it. I do. I'll admit it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it could have happened. It, should, it may, might have, should have happened. Still think Luna and Harry. Hey, good idea. But Hermione, you know, that's not bad either. But you know, you're out in the wilderness. 
you're trying to vanquish a dark lord, you're bored, you're stuck in a tent, you haven't seen anything interesting, you're eating shitty food, everyone needs a little, a little bump and grind to get through these times. <laughs> Is that fan fiction I'm writing in my head? Maybe. Maybe. Don't maybe. on our Patreon to make happen. it happen. And, and, well, maybe it actually happened, but... But J.K. Rowling was like, you know, this might be a little too much for the little kids. I'm going to keep it for myself. So it's locked away in a cellar somewhere. And it actually did happen. It's just not for the rest of us. It's for her eyes only. That's selfish, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, but truly, I'm glad they put that scene in. Even, I understand their goal wasn't to derail us into thinking about a Harry Hermione romance, but it was a very touching moment between friends, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. It was cute. Also, them carrying the locket around their neck and making them slowly, you know, become aggravated and mean. Totally a rip-off of the ring from Lord of the Rings. I'll say that. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Total ripoff because it's really weird. I'm we- disappointed with myself. It's really weird too. And it's, it's sort of the opposite of Frodo where Frodo decides, no, this is my burden to bear. I'm going to only carry it. Harry passes it off. Um, I mean, to be fair, Hermione, I guess, convinced him. Um, but it's definitely the same. She probably just took it from reading Lord of the Rings. I was like, yeah, this works here. Nothing wrong with that. I'll writers steal a little bit of stuff from each other so um well and can i say i'll again i don't care people might hate this i still think ron's a little shit and abandons his friends it's true it happened okay it i didn't make that decision do i like ron better having read the books again like yeah i do but i still he's not my favorite He's not. I'm sorry. Because he ditches his friends. But he was wearing the omelet for too long, and he even admit that it affects him more. Because he, I mean... Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, Harry was wearing it. Hermione was wearing it. I understand Ron's had, like, a very comfy life, but, bro. But, Ron's had a comfy life? Well, they're saying, like, he's used to... They talk about this in the books. Like, he's used to home-cooked meals... With his mom's cooking, like, being around a massive family all the time. Right. Whereas, you know, they... I don't know if they phrase it like this, but, you know, Hermione's an only child and Harry grew up in straight-up abuse. Right. So they're, like, a bit more okay with roughing it because they didn't have, like, the big massive family eating, like, mounds of good food all the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Plus, her parents are dentists. They probably can't cook. Who knows? But at the same time, I can understand Ron. He's has He has such a big family... And they are really close. And his are more likely to be attacked because his family's in the order, directly anti-ministry and anti-Voldemort. So I can understand being worried um, and also like having a lot like outs on your mind besides the hollows. I don't know. Like I'm not justifying his behavior. It's a shitty thing to do to abandon your friends, but can also see if the amulet is as, is as manipulating as they make it out to be. And I can understand why he broke and left. Yeah. It's fair. Mm-hmm. I also really liked, I forgot how um, 
awesome the radio program is mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah. Because in the Thomas. movie, I mean, they did do a beautiful, like, that, the scenes of them just walking through, you know, desolate, barren, but beautiful landscapes while the names of the dead are being read out loud, like, that was very stunning. Yeah. But getting to hear how hilarious it was again, I had forgotten all about it. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a high point for me. What was it, Fred getting all pissed off that they gave him the wrong name? It was a name that he didn't choose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and um, I really liked... Not really liked. What am I saying? This was a change. So, in the book, they go to Gringotts. They pass by the dragon that's being tortured. No one says shit. And suddenly in the movie, Hermione's like, they're like, you know, doing the rattler, and they're like, they expect pain with the rattler. And Hermione's like, that's barbaric. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen in the book. Yet again, Hermione's being selectively outraged about what creatures she feels bad for. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I understand they were stressed out. They had other things on their mind. I'm just saying it was really interesting the movie decided to put that in. Mm-hmm. Another thing that the movie did better was... Uh, when they were got out of the cell and how they got rid of Peter Pettigrew because in the book it's really fucking dumb. Do you remember what happened to Peter Pettigrew? His own hand strangles him? Yeah, his own hand strangles him to death. What the fuck? No, I liked that. It's stupid. Like, it... it, It's not. It made no sense. Voldemort's totally the kind of person that would only give you a hand but then if you fucked with him that hand would kill you. Hmm... There's no, there's no free lunch with Voldemort. I guess that, I, okay. You gotta okay. put out. It was just sort of like... With years of servitude. Yeah. Okay. Alright, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. It makes, it makes sense like that. Um, it's just, I just find it kind of stupid. Just like this hand just like attacking him. And they're just sort of watching him. They're like, what the fuck is going on? What's up with this really weirdo? Oh, do we want to talk about the animation? Oh. Oh, God, I love it so much. That's really my favorite part of these movies at all, is that animation of the mm-hmm. three brothers. And Emma Watson can do a voiceover on anything, and I'd like it. She just has a great voice for it. God, she needs to do GPS voices. I'd actually listen to it instead of turning it off. I don't listen to my GPS voice. Can I... Make a really random mention since we're talking about this. Sure. Um, the movie Her. Mm-hmm. I never knew Scarlett Johansson's voice alone could make me feel so many things. She has a lovely voice. Did it spark some sort of sexual awakening? Who knows? Maybe I want my programs to have voices now so they can... I mean, I, don't know. I mean it's basically, uh, <laughs> it's basically our Gone, Gone Wild audio. <laughs> That's what her is. You're just gonna bring it up like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's great. Um, <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> but yeah, watch her if you haven't. Her is great. God, if only it was a book, we could talk about it on a full-length episode. Um, I did appreciate like, This is just like a really small little thing. Um, when Bethilda pops up in Godric's Hallow, she in the movie she has a fly around her head because she's dead. 
Yo, how creepy was she, too? That was really well done. And I'm sorry, if I'm visiting a graveyard, even if it's not my parents that are buried there or anyone I know, if I'm just there and some old woman's staring at me, I think I'm going to die. That would be my first thought, is this is it. This is how my personal horror movie starts. Yeah. And then Harry's like, let's follow her. Yeah, Harry was a dumb fuck during that scene. He's like, oh, she... No, I respect it. I do. She's not talking to but us. But if it was a horror movie... Yeah, no, it's... No, it's stupid, because he knows, like, people are after him. <laughs> like, why would he split himself up from Hermione? That is the stupidest thing. Like, you make some excuse. Hey, no, I ain't leaving without my partner in crime who's got my back. So, uh Harry was a dumb fuck in that scene. That's, that's how I feel, and I'm sticking to it. So... The big, the big draw, I guess, the big chunk of this is the battle at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, parts of it they did a good job with. I still think it was, I mean, it was so epic in the book because you've got the spiders showing up. You've got Grop and other giants. I mean, there's a goddamn giant fight. Mm-hmm. And that scene where Fred dies is really beautifully written. I mean, from the explosion, and they're all, like, getting knocked back, and Harry doesn't know what's happening, and then he sees that, you know, Percy's crying over his dead brother's body. Yep. Uh, That was very well done and emotional. I think she does give Fred the more... She affords him the most attention with his death, which is important because he is the best character, one of the best, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the movie, it just happens off-screen, right? I think you might see it, but it's very it's very quick. All I remember is just seeing them at the end when they when Harry comes back after fighting Voldemort and Fred's on the ground and they're all crying around him and it's like that's it after one of the best characters in the entire series. I don't know about you, but I was distracted uh, by um, during Voldemort's um, speech talking to everyone to surrender, uh, right behind Sheamus was a very, very beautiful girl. So, I was a little distracted there. What the fuck? <laughs> I have an idea. Yeah. Let's derail any other plans we had for this podcast and turn the rest of it into basically like that episode of The Office where Michael Scott's obsessed with the girl in the advert for the rolling chair. And the rest of this podcast is... Finding that girl. Finding you this girl. Yeah, yeah just ran- yeah. random extra standing behind... I think she might have been extras in like... She's just like one of those kids you see in the background with all the other Hogwarts. I'm pretty sure she was in some other ones. But, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, let's turn this into a private eye. We're, we're seeking out whatever her name, uh, Jane Doe 1. By the next episode, you have, like, a ring you bought for her already? Yeah, I got a ring. Um, I find out, then the episode after that, I find out she's, uh, she's engaged. The episode after that, I tell you I'm on a plane to, to England to go beat up some motherfucker. And then it just keeps spiraling down and down to there until after I have won her honor and I get married with her. And that's the end of the podcast. I get this whole thing planned out. You know what? I think... I think that's the the last piece we were missing to make this just a, a perfect production. Mm-hmm. There's romance. We're making it real. It's epic. There's revenge. I don't know if it's really revenge. It's sort of me being a dick and just stealing this guy's girl. Um, There's stalking. There's stalking. What else do you need? <laughs> Everyone so likes thrill- stalking, that's apparently. Thriller. Thrillers are, are a popular film genre or genre of stories in general, so... 
Yeah, I think this could be uh, the next big, uh, big thing. Oh gosh. This isn't my line. I, I stole it from someone on Reddit, but this got brought up in some thread about imperfect characters or something like that. And of course Snape gets brought up. Because uh, some people like me have some, you know, Snape's complex, he's interesting. Not necessarily what one should aspire to romantically, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. And um, although I think his death was very beautiful and it was kind of like in a... I'm willing to put aside the creepy factor and be like, oh, okay, yeah, he wanted to look at Lily's eyes when he died. Even though he's been a shit to the person who has those eyes. But, you know, we'll allow it. We allow it. Someone had brought up the point that the big difference between the way Snape loved Lily and the way James loved Lily is during Voldemort's initial uprising, if James would have seen Lily in the mirror of Erised, he would have seen her safe. And if Snape would have seen her, he would have just seen her with him. And I was like, damn, that's a very good point. Damn. Yeah. Snape's uh, obsession is really, really bad. I used to get over it. Like, we all had childhood crushes. We moved on from that shit. It's kind of it's stupid um, what they did, that she did that. And I mean, it was a, an interesting, I guess, offshoot. And I don't mind that it was written in. I, it's sympathetic. Again, my whole issue is don't look at that and want someone to love you obsessively. No, that's the reason why I feel like like characters that obsess over women in stories for some reason is a great thing, but in real life it's not. Uh, I'm just going to bring this up. The Notebook. The f fucking Ryan Gosling's character was so obsessed over this woman and wouldn't let her go that to the point where he bought some house. Like, Is that yeah. really what someone actually wants in real life? Like, someone that's so obsessive over I mean, if someone bought me a no, house, they, but he didn't buy, I wouldn't be mad. But he didn't buy her a house. <laughs> he bought her this... He bought himself this specific house that would keep him close to her or something. Yeah. And, like, he put a porch on it because she wanted one. Right. And she, she was, like, engaged to some guy, if I remember correctly. And it's really obsessive. Even, like, the way, like, when he first meets... It's, it's amazing that I remember this. Uh, but when he meets... Michael. Her character... I, you're, I will admit it. I will admit it. I'll admit it. I watch this movie every, You're every intended month. I is know, engaged okay. to some guy. Um, sorry, what? <laughs> You're intended is engaged to some guy. Yeah, yeah, but the difference was was I didn't hop on a, on a Ferris wheel and almost kill myself in order to get her to go on a date with me. So, I guess that's technically yeah, why is this not such a trope of I'm going to pressure you? into coming on a date with me like um no yeah either i'm gonna let go and die or and uh or you go on a date with me like that's some fucked up shit that's the signs of a healthy relationship you know you gotta start off right there it's healthy i mean i think media has done horrible things for romance and relationships well, from the get-go and what? Yeah, you know, because, yeah, there's that whole angle of it's made women, for some reason, romanticize creepy behavior, like in Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, mm -hmm. which are basically bastardizations of each other. Well, one's a bastardization of the other, but they're both crap. And 
And you know that they're literally because she had a dream of a girl in a field with a sparkly guy, and she was like, let me make a whole story about it. It's like, no. That's one of those dreams you're just like, that was weird. Forget it. Or, you know, but why she choose it to be a vampire? If it's just a sparkly guy, it could have been someone that had some weird, real, really weird skin disease. Could have been an interesting story like that. But you chose vampire. And who didn't sneak in to watch her sleep at night. Oh, God. That happens? God, no wonder why I can't yes. read or watch those. <sighs> oh, they're really fun to hate watch. I'll say that. Hate watching them's pretty fun. All right, right, podcast fam, if somehow we can actually live off of doing this, we will do Twilight. We will, but I won't hold back, so if anyone's a fan that wants us to cover it, change your mind now. Yeah. Um, Although, okay, I did meet, I met someone mm -hmm. a while ago who basically, she had my life, my dream life, let's say, because she was in law school, got a book deal, wrote you know, a young adult fantasy book that made it to, you know, top ten on the New York Times bestseller list. She was also pretty. I hated her. No. She was great. Very sweet girl. I, yeah, nothing but love. And we were talking about young adult fiction not getting the amount of respect it deserves. And she actually brought up Twilight and said, you know what? She goes, I'm sick of it. She goes, it gets so much hate for doing its job well, which is, yeah, it marketed to teenage girls, and maybe it didn't do it in the best ways, but she goes, as a girl in high school going through puberty who felt so grossed out by myself, having a relatable female character that boys actually liked and, you know, became an important character of her own, I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a... I did think she it's become an important like some, I mean, a little too much credit. Uh, did she become an important character? I haven't read or watched them, so I have no clue. All I just know is, from what I've heard slash little bit that I've seen, was it's basically Edward taking care of her. Did she actually become a real character? I mean, kinda. She, uh... She still stays pretty bland. I'll say that. But I think a lot of her characters are a little... There's not... M- too much happening in character development, I'll say. Not to mention her best friend, who was in love with her, of course, imprints, slash falls in love with her baby. I don't, I'm sorry, you're not gonna make this sound cute or, like, touching, no matter how hard you try. That, he's going to jail. Also, isn't Edward, like, a thousand-year-old virgin? Yeah, that's, oh, God, dude. This is not the story where we came here to discuss, but... It did just evolve. But see, no, it relates because that also is just something that's very saturated with Christian values. Oh, yeah, celibacy. She wanted two characters that waited until marriage to have sex. Yeah. And then, of course, the first time they have sex, it results in a baby. Because that's what sex is all about, right? It's only about making babies. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. I've never had... Take that as you will. I've never had sex because I've never had kids. Exactly. Which makes me wonder, was Snape... J.K. Rowling's virgin character. Did, do you think Snape ever got laid? Because the way he acts makes it seem like he wouldn't because he's so obsessed with one woman. That's why he's an incel. Yeah. He needs to... I'm sorry. He needs to, to relieve some tension. Seriously. I bet Valdi has sex, though. Man, that's a boy who, who gets laid all the time. No, I see Valdi as like... 
if Nikola Tesla were evil, he's like got no interest in sex, but instead of using that brain power for good, he just wants to live forever as a noseless weirdo. Yeah, I guess he doesn't care about how he looks. I don't know. I feel like if he did have sex, it would be like he would have sex with them and then kill them. So he's, you know, he's already a serial killer, but he's, you know, he's like a fucking Ted Bundy. And I, I really don't think he'd had, because you know Bellatrix would be up on that immediately if he was interested. But instead she just gets to simp at him. No, he would get off on always turning her down. Oh my god. Mm, yeah. Yep. He's like, Bellatrix, I require your services. Come to my bedroom. And she's like, getting and she all ready. And he's like, there's a cobweb. <laughs> Get it for me. Exactly. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> she cries herself to sleep every night. <laughs> and like, her lingerie under her cloak. She's like, he'll never see it. <laughs> uh, poor Bellatrix. Yeah. Um, which, gotta say, Helena did a fantastic job, especially the parts where she's playing Hermione, playing her. Yes, okay, so I had that thought there. She had the facial expressions down so well. And also, um, Daniel Radcliffe, when he's playing other people as him... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...was doing really well with that. Um, so kudos to both of them. That must not be easy. Especially when he's, like, crossing his arms as, like, uncomfortable fleur. Like, that, I don't know. There were really good moments for both of them there. Mm -hmm. And that's just, for, for, I don't know, it's just randomly popped in my head. Uh, for some reason, you know, I think this is the fourth time, they might have used the same sound in the last one, but for, I think this is the fourth time that they've changed the sound for apparating. Like, this time it was like a... It was like... But, like, in, in the fifth one, I know at least it was like a bubble pop sound, and then in the, ones in the fourth one, it was like a crack. And... But now it's like a... It was like something like that. Uh, we're, we're Can probably gonna the use... next 15 minutes of you just making apparating sounds? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I haven't watched the Fantastic Beast and where to see them, but if they do in that, it's gonna be like, wah, wah. <laughs> It's just gonna keep getting like, they just change it every time. But they can't stick you know to what? one thing. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna shamelessly tell people now if you want us to cover Lord of the Rings, and if you wanna hear Michael's <laughs> epic, I mean, so epic. <laughs> impression of Gollum, oh, yeah. then you better tell all your friends to listen so we can, you know, have time in our lives to read Lord of the Rings and yeah. rewatch the extended editions just for you. Or just or just have someone send me five hundred bucks. I'll split I'll split it fifty fifty with Andrea, two fifty each and then we'll we'll uh, we'll read them. Does that work with you, Andrea? Yeah, I'll quit my job for five hundred bucks. <laughs> oh yeah, you're like in two fifty. Yeah, it's all we need. It's all we need to survive. Um, we live in boxes. We do this. Uh, yeah. If someone wants to drop me off all their boxes of stale crackers so I could live off those when I quit, that would that would be the only push I need. <laughs> stale saltines. Uh, those are the best. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh do we have any other thoughts on this this has been it's been like you, you know what guys we're tired of harry potter that's what it is like i love them i do but it's been non-stop harry potter for the last uh, seven weeks of my life so yeah actually technically longer because we started off a little bit slower but um yeah it's been hell <laughs> <laughs> i would say it's been hell 
It hasn't been but hell, literally, but... I fell asleep finishing the book today so we could podcast. And then you call me and I'm like, shit, give me a second. I still have more reading to do. Like, you, your call woke me up. <laughs> yeah. I get tired of reading them that I literally, and uh, I am, this is not an ad, but uh, I downloaded a free trial of Audible just because I got tired Aww. of reading and I just wanted to close my eyes and, <laughs> and just like, you know, not and just like, just listen to it. I'm like, we'll just do this for, for parts for certain chapters. Um, so. Audible, please sponsor us. Yeah, sponsor us, you Audible. Know, I... <laughs> Well, create, I, I'd like to nice have the luxury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Where the... we won't mention erotica. And we won't mention stalking random women in random movies. Are you kidding me? Audible <laughs> wants us to mention erotica because they probably have audio erotica on there. So, yeah. No, they're all for this. They're all in this. They're all about it. Uh, BRB. I'm getting some Audible right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. hmm. I think my cat's puking. Or oh. about to puke. So if, if we catch that, we should keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch the cat puking, I'll put it right after the ad. <laughs> that would be uh, fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if I really have any other comments. Uh, I mean, you know, it's an okay end to the Harry Potter. Uh, I mean, I guess technically, you know, there's the 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 gross child whatever it's called the cursed child um there's that gross child <laughs> I, don't know, I can't remember <laughs> just the, the hideous ugly child oh my god uh but we've just lost everyone with children as a listener I didn't say all children, children were bad I, I didn't children. say children were bad I said Harry Potter's child's an ugly I'm saying it bastard um okay all right no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Come back. <laughs> well, I must say, I had a coworker. She was really excited I was doing a podcast about Harry Potter, and she said, my daughter loves Harry Potter. I should have her listen. And I was like, no, you shouldn't. I'm sorry. It's not that kind of podcast. Nah, not at all. <laughs> um, or let her, if you're, if you're fine with that. You know, maybe maybe her daughter's 16. She should listen to this. Listen to this. You're, 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 no, she's 11. Don't uh, listen to us. Go uh, read... Go read a wholesome book. Go, Go read the up. first Harry Potter book, because it's wholesome. Come to us in five years. <laughs> okay, but I do have one last gripe, that now that we've talked about everything but Harry Potter is going to be a bit of a jolt. But this last chapter, with all of its many faults, um, also revealed something truly heinous about our main character, which is that Harry Potter definitely has a favorite child. And... Oh, I just yeah. wonder how his other two kids feel. Because, okay, no, there's a cute moment where he's telling him, so what if you get into Slytherin, YOLO, it's fine. But then, like, as he's watching the train roll away, he's just talking about seeing that one son's face get further away from him. And I'm like, well, fuck the other ones, I guess. Well, I mean, that's the one that's the most important because it's not going to be around. It's the first time your child's going off. So, I kind of get it. It's the first time you'll spend a year yeah. without your child. Or not, like, nine months, I guess is what it is. So I can understand it. But at the same time, that entire chapter is unnecessary, so... Literally cut the last 30 pages out of your book, everyone. You don't need it. Yeah, seriously, I got to that chapter and I groaned. 
Oh, I didn't read it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. I hate this. The story's over. There's no point. Um, the only, the only, well, it's not even an epilogue, really. It's just, now that I think about it, it's just a chapter that didn't come over to America with a Clockwork Orange where there's the, I think it's the 13th chapter in America, in the American editions when it was originally published only had 12 chapters. So it's not really an epilogue, though it's kind of epilogue-ish, but it makes sense for what the whole theme of the book. So I'm really excited to uh, cover Clockwork Orange as well. Yeah, we got to put that. Uh, we got to schedule that one in. We have way. We have such a such a lovely lovely schedule coming up that uh, this includes no books that are Harry Potter. So. It will be next, um, and we're covering things that are short stories, graphic novels, and uh, it'll be interesting, you know, changing it up from, from this, because this is what we've done for the first seven episodes, and I do not know why we started off with Harry Potter, but we did, so. <laughs> um, you know what, you agreed to it. I agreed to it, because I thought it would be a good thing to actually start off with, and, and you know, I'm still sticking to it. I thought it was good for us to, like, learn the podcast format and get used to... I'm still not used to it. It's weird. It's not that weird. I recommend having yourself a cocktail. You sip that through it, and you just loosen up, and it's good. That's a good point. Mm Mm-hmm. Seriously, I do want to know people's thoughts, though, about potentially putting this on YouTube... Potentially, if we record something in video format when we do, you know, record an episode together. I don't know. Whatever ideas people have, let us know. What do you want to see? Mm-hmm. And you can contact us on Instagram at illiterati-confirmed or email us at illiterati-confirmed at gmail.com. I've had no mail yet, and it's sad. Write to me. Tell me a joke. Tell me your deepest desires. It's the only thing Andrea is waiting on her entire week. She's sitting there by her computer, refreshing every five minutes, just waiting. And yet, she hasn't gotten Whittling any. away. <laughs> um, oh, and, you know, since it's the last time I'll be able to do this, uh, the scores for this book, uh, Harry Potter got zero. Ron got zero. And Hermione got zero. So. But you know what? They fucking smashed those pebbles, rubies, whatever they are, all over the floor in the battle. Because they were like, fuck the point system. We never get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, kudos to them. It's not their worst uh, scores, so. Well, thanks again for joining us. It's October. It's finally cold outside. It's very exciting. We're going to be covering dark themes, so maybe some spooky, maybe just some heavy stuff. You know, join us next time. Because from now on out, like, it's it's all a surprise. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, you don't know what it's you're no going to get. It's no more Harry Potter. Harry Potter's dead. He's gone. You don't know what's going to happen next. Well, yeah, in the meantime, you know, be safe. Drink some drinks. Don't get COVID. Uh, fuck that shit. And read a book.
Read a book. Read a fucking book. Should we just say what our book is so that, so that people can read it and watch it with us next week? I just realized that. No. I don't want them to know until I put it on the Instagram. Alright. Okay. We're gonna keep it a secret, apparently. Um, cool. That's fine with me. No, tell them, tell them. Alright. So, we're gonna do the color out of the color out of the space, which is an H.P. Lovecraft story and was recently in 2009 turned into a film starring Nicolas Cage. So... You didn't tell me we're doing a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, I, I yeah. Cut. No, 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 it's Nicolas Cage. It's <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Um, but it's like, it, got, it has like a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, so... How do you feel about that? A Nick Cage movie? Yeah. Nicolas Cage can be good. When, he was in, have you ever seen the movie Adaption? I know he can. Like, he's actually like, a good actor. I know, actor. I know. But, he but just all I'm going to do the next episode is scream, The bees! Not the bees! <laughs> I'm a vampire! What is that one? Where he's just like, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K! Where he's, I, I forget where I he's just know. like, yeah, what movie is that where he's just going off? Like listing off the letters of the alphabet and getting angry and angry. I don't know, but you made me watch that Nick Cage compilation thing way too many times, and I regret none of it, so... Yeah, so, uh, that's a friendship where you know your friends by showing them Nicolas Cage compilations. Yeah, so next week, y'all better join us having read this... It's a short story. You can do it. I have so much faith in you. You're at least quasi-literate. If you're not, I'm sorry. So, yeah. That's, uh... That's, uh... That's it. But still come. Yeah. Come join us. Come join us. And, uh... You can join our cult. That's what this is slowly gonna become. We're gonna be, we're gonna turn this into a cult. Um... Yeah, I don't really know how to end this. This is a cracker cult. <laughs> I don't know how to end this one. Uh... Me neither. Um, because it's like the first time we bye. don't. Yeah, all right. See you guys. Bye. 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 Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> Toby is happy to be with his friend. Harry Potter.